Welcome, friends, to episode 11 of Quest Rewind. We are back with the podcast after a couple of weeks of taking a, a, a step back and thinking about the fact that, hey, we've discussed the N64, we've talked about the Xbox 360, but for this quest, our third quest, if you will, we will be focusing on one particular year in gaming history, and that is in the early 2000s. We're going to be talking about the 2002 people, PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox, the Game Boy Advance, a lot of amazing games, a lot of maybe not so great games, and we'll be talking about all of that right now on the podcast with yours truly. My name is Juan. I am from Puerto Rico. I'm Ryan from Boston. And I'm Keith from London, Ontario, Canada. How, how do you guys feel after uh, a little bit of a break where we're now shifting the format, right? Before it was much more of a console-centric podcast, but for this quest, we thought, hey, let, let's spice it up. How do you feel yeah, about that? I'm excited for this change. And as I was doing the research, learning or relearning more about 2002, even though it is 20 years ago and it's really convenient <laughs> that way, I forgot just how good of a year this was. Like, people always go to 1998 as, like, the best year in video games, especially for, like, the past generations. But man, 2002 was a real good year, and I'm excited to talk about it. I'm ready to feel old. Yeah. That, I think that that's the scariest with, thing, is that usually whenever... I. Th- yeah, whenever I think about this uh, generation, like PS2, to me, that's always like 10 years ago. In my head, it's always been 10 years ago. Dude, times two, man. Times freaking two. So mm-hmm. what's going to be happening is we are going to change the format a little bit. We are going to have multiple episodes based on 2002, but this is what's going to be all about, people. This one, we're going to be taking a look at some of the top rated games from that year. So we'll be heading over to Metacritic and just thinking about, hey, what's like that top game and, and what does that say about that year? What do we think about that now? Uh, did we play a lot of these games either when they came out or we didn't? And then we wanted to have a bit of a book club style format for some of the other episodes because we did realize that we haven't played some of these games or there's always this scary part, right guys, of, oh, I played this game back in 2002, but playing it, 20 years later, it's not always that great, right? Yeah, sometimes. It felt real good to look at this list and realize, oh, I bought that when it came out 20 years ago. Yep. Keith, I mean. I'm old. (laughs) Legally, you've changed since then. That's true. I've become legal since then. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. Look at Literally. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even think about it like that, but people. We will be doing that for great games and not so great games. So uh, there's going to be a little bit of torture, but rest assured you can enjoy the conversation by going over to Discord. If you go to the description of the podcast app, that information is going to be there. Same thing with uh, youtube.com slash quest rewind. But before we just go to like the top rated stuff, I guess we should just start it off with when you think about 2002, what are some of the games that came to mind that maybe didn't come out that year, but you definitely remember playing that year? Let's go with uh, Keith. For me, 2002 was a bit of a catch-up year because I didn't get the PS2 when it first came out and never really owned an Xbox or a GameCube. So around this time, probably mid-2002 is when I finally upgraded to the PS2. So 
it was a lot of playing the games that had already come out for it and then kind of supplementing these new releases in when I could. So a lot of these games I didn't play in 2002, but especially with the top games, there's so many good ones that you need to go back and check out that I eventually played them throughout the years. Like, I think most of my 2002 was spent on 2001 games and then with the odd 2002 thrown in. For me, 2002, if I were to summarize it, it would be Grand Theft Auto. And for me, it was actually Grand Theft Auto 3 because... I did not have a PS2 during this time, and it came to PC in 2002. So that's when I was able to actually play the game. I also did get a GameCube, though, in 2002. So Mario Sunshine, which came out uh, the summer that I got my GameCube, um, that was one I played. I wasn't too crazy about Mario Sunshine back then. I've learned to appreciate that game a lot more now. Um, But those were probably the two biggest games i was playing during this time maybe maybe that uh lovable uh wrestling game wrestlemania 18 i was playing there which was just oh, wow. not yeah. good you but i'm pretty sure i was playing use it. the word lovable in the correct context <laughs> it laid the foundation yeah let's put, let's put it that way it laid the foundation <laughs> it was just a total not good wrestling game but the actual wrestling in it you know, eventually became much, much better in future titles. But it literally just did not have a story mode. It was just play this match, now play this match, now play this match. For me, it was very similar to Keith because I really didn't have a lot of money. Like this is where financially we were struggling a lot. And luckily, PS2 games dropped in price a lot. So it would be one of those things that the year after you would, you know, you could go to the pre-owned section of Electronics Boutique or something like that. And that's where I got stuff like Metal Gear Solid 2. I mean, when you go back to the year before, just taking a look at some of the highest rated games of that year, you have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, GTA 3, Halo, MGS 2, GTA, uh, uh, Gran Turismo 3, uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, SSX Tricky, Melee, Final Fantasy 10. All of that came out in 2001. So just think about the plethora of games going into the other year, plus everything else that you got. Um, I would love to also uh, mention the fact that we got some really good feedback that made me feel hella old from the Discord because we <laughs> asked people, hey, 2002, this is where we realized how diverse of, a, of an audience we have age-wise. We have somebody like Ace Bunny that said, 2002, I was six with my Game Boy Color. So I think I played a lot of Game Boy, Game Boy Color games like Pokemon Blue, Silver, Super Mario Land, and the Game Boy Camera. It's interesting because for me, it's like uh, Game Boy Advance at that point. But Keith, you've mentioned historically, right? You were generally speaking like a generation behind. I think that was still the case for a lot of people. But what do you think about that? Like enjoying Super Mario Land in 2002, which that is a great game. Honestly, even though there's an age gap, I was there with Ace because I never owned a GBA. Like, I kind of stopped at the color. So, up into 2002, I was still enjoying my Pokemon games. I was still, oh uh, God, I remember playing so freaking much of the 
like the G or the Game Boy Mario tennis game. I think it was a Game Boy Color game, and just I, Game Boy I would Color play had a really good mode. one, and the Mario Golf I think it was was also good. Yeah, because they it was like a there was a story mode where you were playing as a human being going through like a tennis academy, and it ruled. And I just remember playing that over and over and over again. So I never really there's a huge gap in my um like my video game career for handhelds like it basically went from the game boy color to like the ds Lite. so there was a very very long time where i just stuck with my game boy and was totally cool with it so i i was with ace there and then we got a couple of other comments here eric uh evan wrote in 2002 i was probably jamming out to some tony hawk's pro skater or betting my lunch money in madden I was pretty angsty back then. Ryan, in your case, like you're a football guy. Uh, what was your experience with Madden, if any, around that time? I did not play much Madden back then. The only football game I really liked at this time was uh, probably Blitz. And Blitz? even then, this yeah. was like yeah. when we were just, I think Blitz 2002 might have been like, or 2001 might have been like the last one that they did. I don't remember. But kind of after the N64 PS1 era, I kind of fell off of Blitz and really didn't get into Madden until I started playing like fantasy football in like 2011. So I, I wasn't really playing football games at this time. But yeah, Tony Hawk, this might have been right where I kind of had I kind of fell off with Tony Hawk uh, for the fourth one. I didn't come back until Underground. So this was kind of, this is still the one Tony Hawk of like the classic era that I never played was Tony Hawk 4. It was a lot of, it was a lot of Tony. And even though like each game did improve, it's kind of like, hey, it, it's yeah. good. A lot of people I feel were, were on that boat. Yeah. And I played like Tony Hawk 3 twice because I played the PS1 like downgraded version. And then when I got my GameCube, I rented like the upgraded better version yeah. where you had like Darth Maul and stuff in the game. And so I played through that and I think I was probably just kind of burnt out on Tony Hawk after three iterations and playing the third one twice. And then we got a couple more comments here. We have a VA who wrote, definitely playing Kingdom Hearts 1 as it was released during that time. It was pure bliss and not as complex as the story they have today. I think it's always fascinating to look at what people thought Kingdom Hearts was just going to be because I never thought that it was going to become whatever the hell it is with like the 50 games and <laughs> back, then you got to play back when it this was one and the other clean. one yeah did you that guys was a kingdom uh, hearts like, joke that was a deep cut kingdom hearts joke shout out to all my kingdom hearts fans out there <laughs> yeah uh and then midnight outlaw who's like a longtime friend of ours uh all of us here wrote uh metroid prime as far as games that he played around that time, Vice City, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit 2, and the Resident Evil remake. When And that last one is a very fascinating thing to look at, right? Because people talk about remakes now, right? Like the, the, the PS5, the PS4, but that was a full-blown, not a, not a remaster. It was a full-blown remake of the OG game. And... I wonder if you look at that game, just how significant that was in gaming history where other companies went like, oh, I can take the other game, definitely improve upon things and just kind of put it out again. I think that was a that was a big step. Like Keith, in Absolutely. your case, I know you're huge into that. 
yeah, it's it helped me realize, especially with the the Resident Evil remake and Resident Evil Four. Like GameCube is one of the best Resident Evil consoles out there, which yeah. is weird to think about with like the GameCube kind of being the Nintendo fun console. But between that and RE Four, like it really hit its stride, and it's very much because we talked about Tony Hawk Underground earlier. It was very much laying that like walkway that resident evil 4 would eventually follow where resident evil had kind of become formulaic between one two three code veronica and it was time for it to change so even though the re1 remake kind of it was the same thing just expanded on and vastly approved like it gave it showed that there's this potential for Resident Evil to move out in these different directions, and then they just hit it out of the park with Resident Evil 4. They really did. And then... I was going to say, I feel like the GameCube is like the most underrated and most overrated system ever. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's a fair statement. I totally get it. I know it's weird to say, but now everybody loves the gamecube everyone praises the gamecube the prices of all the games have skyrocketed but trust me if you owned a gamecube at that time it sucked if that was the only if it was the only system you had you felt left out all the time because all the all ps2 xbox had all these amazing games coming out and yes much like any other nintendo system the nintendo exclusives are amazing but the third party support is is always the issue. So, yeah, it's like now it's fun to go back and play all the GameCube games. But at the time when that was the only console you had, it was rough. It yeah, really it's was. It's one of those and- things where hindsight makes it better because for every one great GameCube game, there was like five great PS2 Xbox games. So I, I could totally see how you felt left out with that. And not just that. Not, not just that. I think something else we we don't really have another forum to bring it up is the control. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. you would have a game where on the GameCube, it was the same game multiplat, but then the GameCube controller is so made for a Nintendo games. And in a time where like dual stick shooters, like, uh, you know, you had your medal of honors and other stuff. It was awful for, for any FPS type game. Yeah. I actually remember buying an adapter to use my PS2 controller onto the GameCube for Soul Calibur because I wanted to be like, oh, I want to play Link, but this is the worst controller to play it with. So it's like, that's wild. Yeah, it was just crazy. <laughs> and then the last comment here comes to us from Phantom Aiden. Thinking back to 2002, I was playing Pokemon Sapphire with my Cubic Game Boy. I'm also remembering having my PlayStation 1 with the three Spyro and Crash Bandicoot games. And that's around the point where you would have a lot of these collector sets for like the PS1. You had sets for the the, the James Bond games, Crash, uh, Tomb Raider. I think that growing up now, I so regret guys not being the kid that got all these games that you would see for like two, three bucks because you'd say, these are old games. Who's going to buy them in the future? Freaking everybody. Just yeah. just the internet people. <laughs> we need a damn time machine to go back around this point, right? Yeah. I mean, I I did always go back to the my Super Nintendo, even like when... N64 was out and GameCube was out. Every once in a while, I would always go back to my Super Nintendo because it's uh, well, 
it helped that it wasn't it was the only damn system I didn't trade in as a kid. So <laughs> like I did find myself going back to it. And even in in college, I then would I started picking up some of the Super Nintendo games like I, I didn't have. And I wish I got more into that because now it's just absurd. And it's oh, yeah, like I. Yeah, it's a whole other thing about the the game collecting stuff. But I was like, oh, man, I don't want to pay 20 extra dollars just to have the box and the manual. And now I'm like, oh, do I want to pay 200? Do I want to yeah. pay 200 extra dollars <laughs> yep. for the box and the manual? Sign me in up. The best condition. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. Hi, yeah. everyone. Welcome to the theme of this episode. Getting old. <laughs> yeah. Where yep. you have to pay an insane premium for the things you wanted as a kid. Yep. <laughs> That is exactly it. And with that, people, now we are going to be switching to uh, a list. We can't possibly talk about each game. As a matter of fact, the first one I'm bringing up is at 72, because in hindsight, this is very interesting to look at this game, which I don't think Keith and Ryan even know which one I'm going to bring up. But when you think about the Nintendo Switch, it's so synonymous with the console. But then we go back to 2002, and then we got Animal Crossing, which... For those that don't know, even though it's a little bit more common knowledge now, Animal Crossing was supposed to be an N64 game, which explains a lot of the graphics. It it looks like an N64 game. I don't know about you guys. Like, I didn't get what it was, and I rented it, and I wasn't sure how to save it. the worst way to play that game. (laughs) Yeah, there's a reason why people hate Mr. Rossetti, but the whole concept of just kind of living in a place is not something that 2002 Juan really understood yet i like games like zoo tycoon so i thought that was kind of interesting what did you guys think about not animal crossing now we are going back to 2002 had you heard about this game or played it in any kind of way i knew of it but much like 2002 one 2002 keith had no appreciation for the type of game that animal crossing was it took me a really really long time for me to wrap my head around it i knew it existed and that some people i knew were having a blast with it and i guess this is part of not owning a gamecube until way later but i really didn't get into animal crossing until the 3ds version i think it was new leaf that one was Mm -hmm. and um yeah i finally it, it finally clicked then, but back then I just couldn't care less about Animal Crossing. This was one of the GameCube games I probably played the most. Um, my cousin actually, and she didn't play a lot of video games, but she told me like, um, you know, her and her husband talked about how like fun this game was. And then I was like, all right, I guess I'll like get it for, you know, I asked for it for Christmas and then my sister and I were like really got into it. And then um, my cousin got into it and then he got like the rest of the people in his household into the game. So it's like we all Damn. were like, yeah. So it was like that first kind if of you game. you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. what's the pitch for Animal Crossing like back in 2002? Yeah, what did somebody like, tell you? When, that went, when somebody damn, was yeah. saying like, hey, you got to check out this game and here's why. What was the and here's I think they why. just said it's like really fun. You get to like you know, live in this town and it operates on a real time clock and, you know, you get to decorate your house and everything. Um, I, it just sounded it sounded interesting to me. And I had played The Sims and stuff before. So I think kind of having that similar mindset of like, oh, it's one of these things where you kind of build a town or whatever. And I liked that, you know, you like the multiplayer aspect of being able to visit each other's towns and things like that. So 
And like you could see then like the casual appeal, because like I said, um, you know, my aunt was playing the game as people who normally would never touch a GameCube were were playing this game. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the whole real world clock thing made it so that I wanted to I played that game for like at least a full year so that I could catch all the fish and uh like do all the holiday events and everything so it kept me invested for quite a while it didn't have as many daily chores as new horizons and that's really like after this game i really i got the ds animal crossing played it once and like never touched again i didn't touch animal crossing again until new horizons and now there's like way more that was stuff the one to do. on Wii? um the new horizon no new horizons is the newest one the switch one. Oh, okay right switch yeah. One. Yeah, Man, yeah i always get confused with the with the the, the names yeah. um so yeah I, I didn't play it again until the switch and even then i i didn't even make it a full year because just other games kind of pulled me away but i do have a soft spot for the original animal crossing and uh, for for context, that one had a meta score of 87. So it does let you know that was a pretty solid year at 72 and 87 scores. Not bad at all. And literally below it, I do got to give Keith the forum and I can talk about this game here because so we mentioned the Resident Evil remake, right? That's taking a PS1 game and applying not just a fresh coat of paint. I mean, significant improvements. But then here we have on the Xbox an IP that was very much uh, resonated with PlayStation with Metal Gear Solid 2. But then this is where they started a trend with Metal Gear Solid 2, with Metal Gear Solid 3, which is you would get the base version, but then over time you would have Substance and Subsistence. I believe Substance was the first one for Xbox, so like this was the default yep. version. But you also did get uh, get that on, on the PS2, and that was the one, Keith, that had like the the skating game it had a yeah. bunch of bonuses like what did you think about that being a, a huge mgs fan it's like oh you're you're technically getting the same game again with some improvements and some additional features but this was not common for for consoles really like at all no, at this, least for me it's kind of like one of the first expansion packs out there especially for consoles where you're getting the base game again with just a bunch of added bells and whistles to it i really enjoyed metal gear solid substance because of that added bells and whistles like metal gear solid 2 is one of my favorite games of all time and it was just giving me more metal gear solid 2 through things like vr missions that really weird solid snake skateboarding game like it, for me it was just an excuse to play one of my favorite games again in a different way and i'll stop there because i could talk about metal gear solid 2 <laughs> for hours <laughs> yeah th th that's the thing that eventually i know we'll, we will have to get into some kind of thing about metal gear but in, in your Any case game, yeah. Any game where the president of the United States fights you in a Harrier being piloted by a vampire is the greatest game of all time as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. Any, any, uh, I, I know you're not very much an MGS guy, but 2002, like you must have been tempted to at least try to play these games in some capacity. Not really at that time. I had played, I had the PS1 demo disc where that was the first time I had heard of uh, Metal oh, Gear Solid. So, so I had played yeah. a little bit of the demo of that. 
never as much as I heard Keith through all the years um, raving about Metal Gear Solid. It wasn't until college I played Metal Gear Solid one for PS one. That is still the only one I have played, but I will someday get to the someday. other ones. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Oh boy. The president of the United States has Dr. Octopus arms that shoot missiles and la- laser beams at you. And he dual wields swords. This is the president. Yeah, the I mean, president not, does this. It is not a matter of me. It's not a matter of you selling me on it because I do want to play it. It's we just, just it's fine. Play, you know, it's it's fine in that time to just sit down and boot up the game. That is nine for me. That's 95 percent of the battle. If I can sit no, down and you. boot that game up, chances are I'm going to beat that game. But you know how it is. That, that's a good point. You know how it is? Yes. Just get yourself to be like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start this game. I look at my Steam backlog and I totally understand yeah. where you're yeah. coming from. Yeah, we, we literally were talking about that before we started recording. And and this next game, like I'm bringing the game up, not for the specific one, but really what it what it stood for for the Game Boy Advance. And we brought this up and, and when we were still a cast of the past and other stuff, which is... The Game Boy Advance, a lot of people said, for better or worse, was a Super Nintendo port machine, which for a lot of people that didn't play the Super Nintendo was great, but also you did have a portable Super Nintendo. And uh, check this out. Like, this game got a 91, and number 24 is uh, Yoshi's Island Super Mario Advance 3, which I freaking hate those names. Whoever decided to name the order, like, first we got Super Mario Brothers 2, and then uh, it's just the worst. But taking this game as an example... How did you care back in 2002? Like you, you mentioned, Ryan, that you were playing Super Nintendo when you saw the Game Boy Advance, whether you played these games or not. Was that something you looked at and went, oh, that's awesome? Or did it just kind of feel like rehashing old stuff? I liked that. uh, Like to me, I always thought, oh, the handheld is seems like it's always like a generation behind but i thought it was cool that like oh what used to be a console game is now something i could take on the go like i I looked at game boy like oh hey this is like an nes on the go almost and then game boy advance is like a super nintendo on the go and you know ds n64 etc so I like that, but I didn't have like a big interest in actually picking those games up. I was more interested in the Game Boy Advance games that were built for the system. But I, I t- honestly didn't play a ton of GBA. Uh, like my sister got it and then I, I just kind of eventually started using it because she wasn't using it anymore. But even then, I really didn't play that many GBA games. Um so it, I thought it was cool, but again, it was like, oh, I, I, you know, the Mario games, I played them on Super Nintendo. And at this point in time, I didn't really like the Yoshi's Island game. The crying Mario annoyed the heck out of me. Annoying. So I was just like, no, thanks. Yeah. But, you know, no, I no, actually no, was um, starting to play this uh, a couple weeks ago on the Nintendo oh, really? Switch Online I, of course, got pulled away with other games, one of those being, you know, Mass Effect. Go check out that episode, Mass Effect 2. Um, So I haven't gone back to it, but I did beat the first world. And it was like, I think this is the first time I've ever completed the first world of this game. Like, 
it has a very touch fuzzy get dizzy yeah it's just one of those games where kind of like mario sunshine it was one of those ones where it's like i felt like i needed to be an adult to appreciate like oh it's got a really cool art style and it's a much different game and it was it was just trying to do something different like mario sunshine and at the as a kid you're just like i wanted more super mario world and i wanted more mario 64 and this isn't what i wanted slash a good point there (laughs) yeah yeah, it, it, it is a case of, you know, we'll eventually talk about Super Mario Sunshine where a lot of people just were kind of done with 2D platformers. And we saw it like after a while, it really wasn't up until like indie games with the Xbox 360 where you started to get, you know, more 2D side scrolling games again, because for a long time there, it just kind of seemed same thing with fighting games, you know, a couple years later. And uh, I do got, I do feel like we got to bring this up again because I don't feel we'll be talking about this game in, in other episodes here. At uh, number 89, this game did get an 85, which we mentioned earlier, is Kingdom Hearts. And uh, I think I mentioned the story before. I didn't know what Kingdom Hearts was. Like, I literally went to Electronic Boutique one day and I think I was trying to get like NBA Live or something, but it was out of stock. And so obviously the next thing that I got is Kingdom Hearts. Uh, but I was big into <laughs> Final Fantasy. And, you know, the, the store clerk was asking me like, hey, okay, what do you like? And then they said, well, the the people that made this made that. And that was enough for me to be able to play it. For me, Kingdom Hearts has always been the thing that I don't like it when a game is overly serious. I like it when a game has a, a good story, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. So in theory... Kingdom Hearts should be something I am obsessed with. but I may- feel like by that definition, you should both love Kingdom Hearts and hate it at yeah, the exact same exactly. time. <laughs> Talking about the first game, right? This is before it got hella convoluted. But I'll say like what I thought then still stands because I did play the HD edition like two years ago or something is I don't like how it feels. I just don't like playing it. I love the cutscenes, the presentation. I mean, my goodness, this is... This is A plus, triple A, right? If you were to refer to something. But the jumping, the movement, it never felt right, right? I would have preferred turn-based or or a more general hack and slash, but the whole concept of like always having to smash and, and the jumping felt way too stiff. And to me, I'm all about movement. I don't know if you guys played it or have any thoughts about it, but it's it will forever be that thing that i've just accepted kind of like another game that we'll bring up you know like the highest rated game of this year i've just accepted i will never be into the kingdom hearts games and it kind of sucks but hey i'm still alive (laughs) for me it was one of those things well done (laughs) for me it was one of those things where i played it enough that i convinced myself that i liked it because i agree with you a hundred percent it was very much It's like first-person shooters pre-Halo, where third-person RPGs hadn't figured out their control scheme yet, and Kingdom Hearts was kind of the one that set it into motion to where we eventually got to. But it feels weird, and the jumping feels off because you're not supposed to jump i guess like the combat kind of does it for you in a weird way and it takes a really long time to be able to wrap your head around that and 
in a lot of cases in the Kingdom Hearts game specifically, all of the cool things you see, you don't get till very late in the game. So it does feel awkward and get smoother and simpler and cleaner the more and more you play the game. So yeah, I, I, I can see that as a valid complaint, but I, funny enough, I never played Kingdom Hearts 1 until much later, another game like that, where I played 2 first and then played 1 after that. Dude, that's interesting. Yeah. It's such a story-driven yeah. thing. I tried because playing two, the DS one, and I was like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I used to have place to start. that, I don't know if you guys remember the R4 or whatever for the DS. Yeah, was, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how I played a lot of DS games, because I, I wasn't buying that game, but I was like, hey, I'll try Kingdom Hearts. And I just remember the dude was in like the everyone was in these robes, like these black robes. And I had no idea what the hell was going on. And I was just like, OK, I'm done with this. That's you. You got to weird Kingdom Hearts. You started in the weird. Yeah, way. that's an odd choice. <laughs> now, uh, th- this may be still the most polarizing, I guess, if you were to say Mario game, because we're jumping over to number 17 and it's number 17 with a score of 92 is Super Mario Sunshine. And everything about this is fascinating to look at, right? Like, I always look at um, review scores from a subjective point of view, right? Because it's, it's, it's related to the person. But it seems amazing that it's as high-rated as it is, understanding, right, that if you bring it up, most people that, that I know will tend to say it's the, the lesser one or, okay, I thought I liked some things about it. And also, when you look at a Mario game at 17, right, Mario is always like a top 10 type of game. And I remember when I got this game, I got the whole deal because I'm like, Mario, GameCube, like you said, Ryan, GameCube, you got it for the Nintendo game. So I felt like I had a legal obligation to buy it. And I'm thinking, hey, this is the game I'm going to get. I bought it. I even got myself the strategy guide. And I start playing it. And... I keep playing it. I'm like a couple hours in and I'm thinking to myself, hey, I love Super Mario 64. This is not keeping my attention. I don't like the world. I don't like a lot of the mechanics. Uh, the Dofino, like, okay, it's, it's it looks nice, but it's not really for me. And to this day, I think it's one of the only 3D Mario games that I've yet to beat. And I bought 3D All-Star. So I do, pay, uh, one of my goals is to to beat this game because it's like, come on, you've already done with, done with the rest. But what did you guys think about, about this game then? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about like in 2022 uh, context. So I didn't get, I maybe got like halfway or three quarters of the way through the game back when it came out. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I was much more of a fan of Mario 64. I think just getting used to the controls with like the water pack and it can just be annoying sometimes with, oh, having to manage the amount of water you had and like like sometimes when you had to do like spraying the water like in a certain like trying to get it into like Petey Piranha's mouth or whatever, like trying to do all that, it could get frustrating but once like someone like once you got the hang of it 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 could be a lot of fun but i got stuck at like the hotel level and i just couldn't figure out how how to like beat a certain mission and then i just gave up on it and it wasn't until maybe like 10 years ago i went back um with uh you know friend of the show chris aka jeff 
and we just played through the, the rest of the game together and did actually complete the game and i i learned to appreciate it more and then um now i i started playing a little bit of it uh, you know a few months ago on the 3d all-stars right after i'd beaten mario galaxy for the first time and, you know it takes me i'm always a decade behind everything i swear um and I found myself like having played Mario 64, getting 120 stars not too long ago, and then going through Galaxy. The one thing that killed me about Sunshine is I missed the long jump. The fact that you can't do the long jump oh, in yeah. Mario mm-hmm. Sunshine, like it feels like a piece of you is missing because the long jump just feels like a hack. It was such a key feature it, from the previous yeah, game. Yeah, it feels like you're hacking the game every time you do the long jump because they have all these obstacles and it feels like I'm just going to long jump over everything, Woo-hoo! you know? <laughs> so the fact that that's missing, it does hurt, but um, it is a very well-designed game. But man, those those um, like platforming sequences are ridiculously hard. Like even in the first world, those segment, those segments where you go through like the, um, I forget what they're called, but you know, um, where you get like warped to another area and it's like a full platforming section, like it's in its own little world. Those get insanely difficult and very frustrating. And uh, you need to beat some of the, like, there's some that you have to beat to beat the game. So yeah, it's, um, it's probably one of the hardest 3d Mario games for sure. If not the hardest. Yeah, I agree with that. And this is where I go back and say again, didn't own a GameCube until much later. So by the time I actually got around to playing Super Mario Sunshine, it was like way after Galaxy had come out. And for that reason, I've never liked that game. <laughs> I will go as far as saying I actively dislike Super Mario Sunshine. I tried playing it again when 3D All-Stars came out, and I just can't do it. To me, Flood feels bad. I hate the whole hovering and shooting with Flood. I'm, I'm almost in the opposite boat as you, Ryan, where my favorite parts of Super Mario Sunshine are the parts where they take Flood away. Like, yes, it is hard, but it's feels the most mario to me i just yeah. it, it the gimmick in that game is something i never enjoyed like and the control scheme that came along with it and how you could only do certain actions depending on what backpack you had and stuff like that i was it, it always felt limiting in an unnecessary way to me and yeah I'm, super mario sunshine just isn't one of those games for me i if you are out there and you played it i respect you but i just don't get it i've never liked that game but that del now, that uh, isle delfino music that hits hard though yeah the, the, the music's not bad but look it's like actually is there a huh i'm kind of blowing my, my, my own head here is there a mario or zelda game where come on come blow my own mind come on guys come on the right contest it's like a really just hey. it's just no i'm not we're, i'm not being uh mind is not in the gutter it's just really funny it's just really funny <laughs> is there a zelda or mario game that you actively dislike the music i just thought of that there, not that it's okay that you don't like okay well i will say um for zelda phantom hourglass it has a couple it has like one or two good pieces of music in it 
but you don't hear it very often. And then there's other music that like actively annoys me in that game. So I um yeah, that would be the only Zelda game where I'd be like, most of this music is actually bad. Yeah, there's no game that I would say like I hate all of the music in this one, but there are certain tracks in like Sunshine that maybe I associate with frustrating levels or me just having a bad time with the game, but if when I hear it it annoys yeah. me. Huh. Well, I, I just, just associate in Mario Sunshine the the it's the classic Mario theme, but it's like an a cappella thing and that's what it's playing yeah. during like Hop. Yeah, it's playing dirt. No, not the not, not, no. I yeah, know. No, no, I said ha ha, not wop uh, wop. Uh, That's okay. different. I thought, Very you were different. Do- Very different. I thought you were doing the thing that triggers Juan, the new Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> That's exact. <laughs> that is exactly where I was going to go. Of course, why you freaking hate? It's like I'm not freaking Blue's Clues here, man. Oh, I can't stand that friggin' music. But let's move on to Ryan. You mentioned this game before I cry. I love it. Number nine, 93. So this is kind of cheating because this is a game from 2001, but we do got to bring it up because it, it did come out for PC, and that's uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. And it, it's it's interesting to always look at the concept of ports. I mean, even to this day, right, we still have problems with the game will come out on console. It's working fine. It's broken on PC. We had that happen with, like, uh, Horizon when it first launched. We had that happen with Arkham Knight. Like, that was a, a thing. But with GTA 3, just kind of going back, and, you know, we've, we've talked about Vice City. We've, uh, like, I, I started to play a little bit of that San Andreas Definitive Edition. Wow. Uh, I did play a little bit of it at least. But what do you guys think about GTA 3 now that we're celebrating two decades after this game came out, at least on PC? PC version was honestly very solid. I think they did a very good job with all the PC ports, at least of the classic GTA trilogy, because uh, I played all of them first actually on the PC. And I didn't really do modding or whatever for Grand Theft Auto 3. Did you do mouse keyboard control? How'd you play them I, on PC? I did a, I got a controller, like I got a USB controller, um, basically just like a PlayStation knockoff controller. And that's what I would use. And it, it honestly worked great. You could have a custom soundtrack. You got one radio station that could just be your own music. So yeah, it was a good, they did a good job with it. Um, like I said, I did, I used to mod the crap out of Vice City, but it was a little bit harder to do modding in GTA 3, I remember. Um, but like you could put in like Fast and Furious was obviously big then. I mean, I guess it's still big now, but people actually thought those cars were cool back then. So you could like mod them into the game and stuff. Um, yeah. So um, I love, I always loved the PC versions of those games. It, it felt like you got a little bit extra. Yeah, that's a really good point there. We we also got, even on the previous generation, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Tomb Raider and Final Fantasy. Do you guys remember those awesome IDOS PC game boxes that they weren't square? They were kind of like triangle shaped, but the top was cut off. Oh, man, I freaking hate that I didn't get those. Those were so good. And uh, just to just to recap a little bit, I am going to list off just the top 10 and then you guys can pick and choose if there's anything you think we're missing. Obviously, we got to bring up a little bit about the uh, the top three in particular. But then uh, at number 10, we have NFL 2K3 on GameCube with a score of 90, uh, 93. OK, I read that wrong. GameCube is uh, 11. 
number 10 is NFL 2K3 on the PS2. That got a 93. Nine, we just mentioned, is a GTA 3. Uh, number eight is Splinter Cell, and we will be talking, at least one of us will be talking a little bit about that on a future episode. Uh, seven is uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 for the Xbox. Number six is Virtual Fighter 4 on the PS2 with a 94. I actually played that game. It's really difficult, but it's really good. This is interesting just to see. So at number seven, we had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. At number five... <laughs> We have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 for the PS2. Uh, Did they number both four, come out in 2002? I think it was the Xbox version. Because the Xbox version was like delayed. Xbox. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Xbox had like the best version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 because it was 2X. It was like a much better looking version of that game. That makes number sense. Number four is Madden NFL 03 and 95. So we have two football games. Damn, it's kind yeah, of crazy to see that. was back when they actually tried because they had competition with each other. So, yeah, right, like I, those two K games. I remember people liked them. Yeah, two K. People still consider two K five as like the pinnacle of football wow. games, and yeah, that's how bad. That's, that's how bad the new ones are. <laughs> that they, wow. they haven't gone beyond two thousand five. Now this is this. I would love to compare this top three with like other years just to see like how broad, how broadly different it is. Because number three, we have the, the Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the GBA feels at, at like 95, cheating. which, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like cheating, right? <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. th- this is I mean, a Metacritic list. from so. like 1992. Yeah, now it is a Metacritic list, so but, but even, I guess, yeah, it is the third highest rated video game of, of 2002, but of course it is. It's one of the best video games of all time. I would, I bet you if a new version of Link to the Past came out in this year, it would be on 2022's greatest games of the year. And I think it also speaks to uh, like the poor quality. I know the sound, like the GBA sound was never great like that. I played some GBA games yesterday that's never been strong suit but we did get all other ports from super nintendo games that were great on the super nintendo but did horrible on gba because they weren't great ports right uh then number two we have grand theft auto vice city for ps2 95 and then number one we have metroid prime at a 97 uh that is it's very significant because think about this list right you have a port of a super nintendo game you have a sequel to one of the highest-rated, highest-selling games of all time from the year before, but then Metroid Prime, you have a sequel in quotes because it's the Metroid IP, but you're going 3D first-person as opposed to 2D, you know, action game. So that's a dramatic difference. So each game here is like wildly different. Just looking at this, if you were to look at these games and say, I guess this is. T- 2002 in a nutshell it would be kind of weird right the top 10 is weird just from a rating standpoint i feel like there's so much more from this year like at a number 100 i think was like maximo which is a really good like hack and slash platformer but what do you guys think of some of the highest rated games it's quite a variety but i think it's a kind of a testament to what a strong year it is i mean yeah there's a couple you know there's some ports in there for for gba but this is back when sports games were actually highly rated and it wasn't just because, I don't know, game journalists are being paid off or something like that. And then we have, you know, GTA really like hitting its stride and 
Metroid Prime, you know, making its debut. So it's it's really cool to see, like, even though GameCube was kind of seen as like the lesser of the three consoles um, that it still was putting out very quality games. And the fact that it had the number one game of the year, according to Metacritic, I think is a pretty big statement. It's a game that I've tried to play and didn't get very far, but I would hope to go back to. I mean, as of this recording, there's news of the Wii U shop closing down, so I might have to snatch that up before it's too late and uh, finally give it a shot. Yeah, it's going to be shutting down. Uh, I mean, not shutting down. What they're saying is that as of March of next year, 2023, you won't be able to make purchases. So it does seem like you'll be able to download whatever you have. But as oh, far so it's as March like of 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we have a year. But time flies by. And, and still, like, it validates the argument of preserving games because there are some things. Like, we still have some games from the Wii Shop that have never come out anywhere else yeah so that is a topic now i feel like we need to be fully transparent bring up that number one spot so i did play metroid prime uh about a month ago and i know i wasn't the only one and i'm just going to give my thoughts here because i don't think it's going to fit into any other episode where i love the concept and i really enjoyed the first hour but I have never been into Metroidvania games. I've never been into backtracking games. I like to progress, carry on forward. Uh, I know there's people that love the whole concept of, hey, I got me this new you know, gadget, so now I got to remember this door. And hey, that's awesome. Like I'm not here to say these are bad games, but I did realize, and I, I know I'm not the only one, hey, I have no doubt this is an amazing game. It looks great. The presentation top-notch, it's not for me. It is just not for me, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, Keith, I'm seeing uh, a lot of reactions on, on your end, so talk to me, buddy. Yep, I feel the exact same way you do as Metroid Prime. I was there. I tried it. It was going to be the game that we actually reviewed at the end of this quest, so I gave it a shot, and... Getting a couple hours into it, I realize it's just not for me. I, It's something about the controls and how it, it's... It, it's a basically it comes down to the fact I guess that it's a first person shooter on the GameCube and it feels like you're playing a first person shooter on the GameCube it just doesn't feel right in the way that I'm into and I've never really been into Metroid games so it kind of it kind of falls into that by default as well so yeah I but but I will say I have a respect for that game I have a lot of respect for it I think it's actually Same. an ex- an extremely underrated game in like the grand scheme of video games because if you think about metroid prime it really did the thing that resident evil 4 gets all the credit for before resident evil 4 did it like it took it took super metroid and flipped the script on the whole thing and said let's try something new we could make another one of those metroid games that everybody loves and they still were on the gba but what if we threw that all out and tried something totally different and that's what we got with metroid prime and i give them a ton of respect for that but it just wasn't for me and that's okay i'm good with that 
And then, uh, yeah, you guys quit on it before I started it. So I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't play it. <laughs> like I said, I did play, like I played maybe an hour of it, uh, years ago. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to beat this game. And I didn't beat it. So maybe, um, maybe um, my sentiment is similar, but I want to give it another shot. Despite, uh, I have a feeling I'm going to agree with you guys because I am not a Metroidvania guy too. Like, I keep trying them. Like I tried Hollow Knight and I'm like, uh, I'm stuck. I don't know where They're to great go. great to look at. You know, yeah. Okay, right, right. Are you on the same boat where I don't ever see myself play Metroid Prime, but I will proudly watch a streamer. I'll yeah, proudly yeah. watch some kind of speed run. Like, hey, hey, you're good at this. I'm not. I, and I keep you buying you, buddy. them too, like an idiot. Like I bought the Ori game too. And then I was like- it looks so good. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this game looks so cool. I want to play it. And then I'm just like, ah, crap, I hate this. Like, <laughs> like, I, I think that the Link to the Past Super Metroid randomizer is the coolest thing on the planet. It blows my mind that those two games like can intertwine in a way that makes a like a cohesive experience but i just can't get myself to play super metroid enough to ever give it a shot so i will just happily yeah, I watch probably, people i've tried to it. play super metroid like five times and then i'm just like nope not happening yeah and i mean you know you both mentioned it uh, we did get some more uh, Metro games on on the GBA, which was Metroid Fusion. Also, you know, very highly rated this uh, this year. We got a lot of Castlevania stuff. So it, it's always the thing where the, the the consoles. I think the the more we look at this list, they really shine for 3D stuff. And it would be really interesting a world where we didn't have handhelds the way that we did then. What would have happened to all those other majestic games? You know, we got Tactics Solar that year. Um, we got a whole lot of great games there. But now we've we've talked about some of the highest rated games. What's going to be happening beginning next week is we actually sat down and played at least an hour or two of some of the games that came out this year because we thought, okay. Um, maybe we don't want to play this game in full, kind of like Metroid, right? It's like, I can at least sit here and say I played like three hours of it, and it's just not for me. But I didn't pick it up for 30 minutes and say I hate it or whatever. Like, I really, really tried it. So we are going to be doing that with some games that we played back in the day, going with the mindset of, does it still hold up? And for games that we haven't, do we feel like after playing it for two hours, right, we're going to ask each other, is this something you're actually thinking of playing more? Would you? Or are you thankful that you just did? And how excited are you two, like knowing that this is different, right? We're going in with a clean slate. We don't know what's going to be happening. Uh, yeah, talk to me about that. I think Ryan said it best earlier in this episode where the hardest part about playing games is telling yourself to sit down and actually do it oh yeah so th this is a great reason to sit down and either re-experience or experience for the first time some of those gems from 2002 and i'm excited i'm excited about it and you should be too i also like how i said it earlier in the episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah you made yourself some really good ass notes mr mcnulty and everybody uh yeah just let us know uh, you can send us a tweet, Quest Rewind. You can subscribe on YouTube and just comment below here and, and just um, share some of your 
favorite games from that year that maybe didn't come out that year, but you did play that. I think a lot of us are going to be having that. And some of the games that we'll be playing will be games that, once again, are supposed to be enjoyed. Other ones, at least if the numbers don't lie, they spell doom for us, or at least some kind of disaster for us. Exactly. Kind of tried to fit it. I fixed the mistake of the mistake. (laughs) But uh, how, how excited are you guys to... For the first time ever, I don't think we've ever done this in any podcast, we are going to purposely play some shitty games because it's <laughs> what some people do. <laughs> How do you feel? You know, you need to experience the bad to appreciate the good, and I'm all about experiencing some bad. You know, a lot of times, especially like if you go back and listen to the archives of our previous podcast, A Cast in the Past, the bad ones are usually the fun episodes, so I have a feeling like it's going to be a pretty fun episode, that one. I don't know. <laughs> I started to play some of them. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, uh, people, thanks for watching and listening, and catch you next week on another episode of Quest Rewind.